Blog Talk Radio. Again, it's a pleasure to have you with us this evening. My name is Baba Tahuti Wesley Gray, speaking to you live from New York City, Friday evening, good Friday evening, I may add. That's April 18, 2014. It's really a pleasure again to have you with us, and I send uh, blessings and, and love to all of you who are listening. And as I begin, I give homage to the One Most High to our ancestors, to my lovely wife, to my beloved mother, and my daughter and her family, all of my siblings and my godchildren, I give them thanks. It's really a pleasure to have you with us. And again, we continue this evening from uh, where we left off last night with reviewing the um, fantastic and informative book, titled African Holistic Health by Lalia O. Africa. And Dr. Africa has really uh, did very well with this particular publication. It's actually one of the first major books which addresses the health issues from a comprehensive and an African-centered group point. As a matter of fact, it provides a, um, a complete guide to the herbal remedies and along with the homeopathic disease treatments. And what makes African holistic health truly unique is the, the, uh, the research that Dr. Africa has provided on the uh, physiological as well as the psychological differences between people of African descent versus people of European descent. And in addition, Dr. Africa provides a complete history from the ninth century to the 18th century of the European herb trade and why Europe invaded Africa for healing plants. And finally, he concludes by detailing how European diseases defeated ancient Africa. 
So I, I'm really excited about continuing uh, this discussion, and I hope that uh, it's my humble uh, desire that I have inspired those of you who have been listening to the previous shows to um, do your own due diligence, as it were, to investigate uh, the information that is shared by Dr. Africa and also to have a dialogue within the circle of your family, friends, and associates throughout the African diasporic community. Um, again, I would like to just preface every, this to say that, as you know, I'm not a medical doctor, so I'm not here to recommend any types of treatments or make any diagnosis, as it were, and I'm here merely to just share information about the health practices which my wife and I and family engage in and work uh, and find that, you know, it works for us. But, again, I do indulge you to uh, consult your personal uh, licensed medical practitioner and to get his or her opinion about any information that is shared with you on the show. With that being said, let us indeed um, delve into the area of holistic female-male relationships. The female-male relationship is a microcosmic um, overview of the culture, if you will. The relationship serves Ma'at and transmits and transmits, transmits and translates culture. Black female, male, woman, man relationships, monogamous, polygamy, polygamy uh, polygamous, uh, is the smallest functional unit of the culture. And sex reflects the culture. The sexual rituals and the ceremonies are an outgrowth of the culture. And the black holistic female relationship is the upliftment of the culture and creating a technology, that being the children, that advance the culture. And Dr. Africa goes on to state that the culture, uh, i.e. the village, if you will, the community, serves the relationship of the relationship serves the truth, the culture. It takes a village to have a marriage. And in other words, it takes African-centeredness to have a holistic African cultural marriage. Contemporary black folks' relationships are based upon Caucasian European rituals and ceremonies. And the Caucasian slash European psychology and the Caucasian group dynamics and they all have a cattle, uh, if not a chattel slave mentality that Negro men must love black women as if they were white women. And Negro women must love black men as if they were white men. The Caucasian type relationships further Caucasian culture and African relationships further African culture. Now African culture relationships solve African problems, as it were, and thusly the African-female-male relationships serve Ma'at. Caucasian cultural-type black relationships serve white supremacy, as stated by Dr. Africa, and consequently 
relationships between black men and women are deteriorating just like relationships between white men and women. And the holistic black woman-man relationship in the pre-Egyptian and Egyptian culture, the involvement of diet was of primary importance. The importance of foods and the maintenance of spiritual, mental, and physical health is well established. In fact, research by Conrad Lorenz, Nobel Prize winner, revealed that people act like animals, uh, act like the animals that they eat. Those domesticated and chemicalized animals no longer adhere to their natural mating rituals and ceremonies and selection processes. They are forced into sexual activities based on eroticism, sensuality, mass breeding, and the animal rituals and ceremony aspects of the mating processes are discontinued or changed to meet the needs of the animal animal factory. In other words, they have sex, but none of their animal rituals and ceremonies and cultures attached to this. The animal breeders and slave breeders cannot afford the large amount of time that the animal naturally dedicated to the mate selection rituals and ceremonies. And those domesticating animals become divorced from their culture. And the people who eat these animals duplicate their denatured cultural behavior. The quality of food and physical vitality has a direct and indirect effect upon the quality of the woman-man relationship. Food nutrition is the fuel that feeds the body. Denatured foods such as bleach white flour and white sugar are depleted of nutrients. They weaken the body's ability to defend itself and makes the body an excellent host for dis-ease. A body thus weakened cannot be at its best. It cannot think at its best to produce quality uh, sperms or eggs. A body that uses poor quality fuel operates poorly. And this lowered function and weakened vitality may not be noticed because the body has energy reserves and is resistive. It has a resistive stain, a strain rather, and will tolerate all types of abuse. It will tolerate drug addiction, radiation, alcoholism, smoking marijuana, polluted air and water, and noise pollution. And these types of tolerated abuse and poor quality foods produce a poor quality life. Even though the quality and age of life may be long, foods or chemicals and chemicals, natural or synthetic, alter the health, mind, mood, and state of consciousness. And the healthier people are the more able that they are to serve the relationship. The male-female serves ma'at, and ma'at serves the culture. The culture nurtures and is nurturing to the relationship. The relationship is the seed that the culture grows from. Very interesting to just take note of the fact that those of us in the Western Hemisphere are addicted to fast food uh, consumption. Fast food uh, outlets that serve you, for the most part, white sugar, white flour, bleach white flour, uh, beverages that uh, uh, have sugar 
uh, one bottle containing uh, the equivalent of uh, two cups or three cups of sugar, if not more. The fat that's in the meat, the meat is denatured, denatured as it stated before earlier. Animals that were killed to feed and to make, to use for meat to be fed to you were artificially, or should I say, um, coaxed into mating in, in unnatural ways, not through the normal selective process of that animal's instinct. And then, of course, the adrenaline that's in the blood of the animal when it's about to be uh, slaughtered. These animals know that they're about to be killed. And as a result of that, we know that there's, um, there's adrenaline released into the bloodstream. And when you eat this meat, unless it's uh, kosher or, going, or it's not killed through a halal process, which is an Islamic way of, of, uh, of slaughtering the, um, the, the animal, with a prayer and giving homage to its to its uh, spirit and asking for forgiveness and going through a ritual that's uh, respective, respectful of the animal as well as the one most high. And then, of course, there's a process in which the, the meat is uh, treated with, with, with uh, treated water, with salt and other ingredients, which uh, drains the blood and cleanses the meat before it's uh, cooked and consumed. So thus, there's uh, very little, if not any, comic reaction from consumption of the meat. But yet, it's still there's still problematic. It's still problematic in terms of how one eats this meat and what and how it affects you. So one has to be very much uh, uh, aware of these nuances and how it impacts upon us as male and female in terms of how we relate to each other. And one has to go through, if one is aware of this, have to consider a fast. I would be remiss if I did not acknowledge my significant other half of me, my spiritual partner, my, my friend, my lover, consultant that I depend on to answer questions that I may have. This is my wife. She just stepped into the studio. How are you doing, honey? <laughs> well, I'm doing pretty good after that introduction you just gave me. <laughs> but I I was coming in into the studio and I heard you talking about, you know, the foods that we eat and how they affect us. Mm -hmm. And it's interesting because you are what you eat. Yes, yes. And just think... I mean, you know, you said on many occasions to the audience that we're vegetarian. Mm -hmm. And there's so much to be said for not eating meat because if the meat is diseased, as we know that, you know, a lot of the meat is diseased, we don't know what type of quality control there is over, you know, over the uh, cattle. We really don't know. Mm. But the thing of it is, we are what we eat. So if you eat animals, you were just saying they, you know, they exhibit certain behaviors when they know they're going to be slaughtered because they'd have to know because they've seen, 
you know, other cattle being slaughtered, and they know that, you know, they take them and they never come back. And yeah. their animals are intelligent. They, they can know smell these the blood. And they smell the blood. And they, they hear know. the screams. They hear the, the, the sounds of the animals being killed. So just think that if you are what you eat, then that's what you're putting into your DNA. That's, that's affecting you mentally, physically, and spiritually. It's just like you are who you sleep with. It's you are who you have sex with. Absolutely. It's, it's you know, the same, you know, on the same order as that. Mm -hmm. So this knowledge is, uh, this, this knowledge is on point for the age that we live in. Mm -hmm. And it's important, ever more so important for the generation behind us. Mm -hmm. You know, we know but the, the young people coming up behind us, they, they need to know this information, and you can rest assured they're not getting it in the educational system. Not at all. That's for sure, yes. So, yeah. Know. Well, you, you said a lot, you know, and, and, and that's what you just said at the end. Rest assured that they're not getting it in the educational system. They're not. Uh, shame on us, because we're the ones that have to take the responsibility of educating each other, especially our children. We have to. We have to grab hold of our children before it's too late. Mm -hmm. uh, Dr. Africa has a book titled Nutricide, as opposed to genocide. Genocide, yes. Yes, so this is another way. I haven't read that book yet, but no. I'd like to. Yeah, I would too. I haven't read it either. But we, we have to be cognizant of the fact that there are many levels of of oppression that we, uh, those of us of African descent, have gone through and have continued to suffer from, and that's from lack of knowledge. And then from the lack of knowledge, from the lack of courage to uh, change and to face the, the, uh, the, the ills that have been waged upon us and to change them and fight it. Knowledge is power, and education is the key. Absolutely. To unlock that power. Absolutely. So uh, I would like to just uh, let you know that we're going to continue. We're going to take a short break, but we will continue talking about this fascinating aspect of uh, the quality of food and the physical vitality and, and how it affects us, uh, the food that we consume indirectly and directly. Please stay tuned. Tea, which is the beverage of the gods, as stated by the 
indigenous people of the Brazilian rainforest. The drink is designed to enhance whole body wellness and to bolster the immune system and to quickly increase energy and to support weight management by boosting metabolism and controlling appetite as it assists in leveling one's blood sugar, just to mention a few of its benefits. Within minutes of drinking just one to two ounces, Chia Vida delivers a surge of smooth, sustained energy that lasts for hours, not minutes, but hours, and along with a greater mental clarity and focus and a feeling of calmness and well-being. An energy surge without the sugar rush, without the jitters, and without the crash and burn of healthful, harmful weather, side effects that many other products can produce. So I suggest that those of you who are listening to visit my website, and that is healthisalwayswealth.com. I repeat, that's healthisalwayswealth.com, or you can call at 888-338-2508 for more information. I repeat, that's 888-338-2508. from where we left off regarding uh, the quality of food and and the physical vitality having a direct and indirect effect on the quality of men and women relationships. It will, um, the lowered function and weakened vitality may not be noticed because the body has energy reserves and it resists this strain and will tolerate all types of abuse. Now we have in our community the young the children and the young adults, teenagers, they are, as I always share with my wife, myself being a runner, a marathon runner, and the adage in the community of running is that the body keeps score. This is something I've learned some 30-plus years ago. And my wife has agreed with me as, you know, we've been married going on eight years now, and she acknowledges the fact that even with her body, after assuming a diet of being a vegetarian, that um, she noticed dif- uh, a difference uh, in terms of her body makeup and weight, and also complexion and vitality and what have you. And of course, uh, we're we're you know mature adults, but this is something that is not evident in ch- in children and in teenagers and young adults because their body is very resilient, and it, it can withstand a lot of punishment. Now, this used to be the case some, I'm 70, so we go back about 60 years ago when I was 10, you know, I was born in 1943, so 1953, you know, even up to 1963, the food that we consumed was fresh. Indeed, if you were down south in the Caribbean or uh, countries and so forth, you ate fresh food. And the customs, the traditions were carried over as we moved up north. 
and you didn't have the attitudes, you didn't have the preservatives and so forth, the industry, the food industry, was not such a bottom line oriented industry as it is today, where they're going to get as much as they can, you know, as much dollars as they can for the least amount of effort and the shortest amount of time. And that syndrome has transferred to the consumer. We want to get as much as possible, you know, become as satiated as quickly as possible, as much as possible for the least amount of money. Therefore, you have this fast forward, as we will, you have this phenomenon of us having a predominant diet of fast food syndrome. And the youngsters are not aware of this. They cannot sense this uh, damaging effect on their bodies because of the fact that the body is young and is able to fight off all the negative results and so forth. But dare say, when they become middle-aged, when they reach in their 40s and 50s and 60s, then we're going to have an epidemic of, of proportion that we could never imagine unless we entice people to read books such as African Holistic Health and other books by Dr. Africa and other um, writers and, and practitioners, men and women who are really have devoted their life to making a concerted effort to learn as much as they can and to teach us as much as they can about the proper way of living, the proper way of, of eating food, uh, of, of uh, treating yourself when you're ill, and being proactive so that indeed you can maximize your health and on a spiritual, mental, emotional, and physical level. And thusly have a holistic relationship with yourself and also with your significant other. So let's just delve into that drug addiction, radiation, alcoholism, smoke and marijuana, polluted air and water, and noise pollution, these types of tolerated abuse and poor quality foods produce a poor quality life. Even though the quality and age of life may be long, foods are chemicals, and chemicals, natural or synthetic, alter health, spirit, mind, mood, and the state of consciousness. The healthier people are, the more able they are to serve the relationship. And the male-female serves my art, and my art serves the culture. The culture nurtures and is nurturing to the relationship, and the relationship is the seed that the culture grows from. So holistic sexual relationships between black women and men were specific in holism and orgasm was and is the sublime state of the uplifted spirit, mental and physical being expressed with sex. A holistic orgasm cannot be achieved without mutual spiritual and mental harmony based upon the ma'at. The holistic cultural view was often expressed in the communal lifestyle of Africans, the cultural uses of rites of passage to teach the female to understand the male portion of herself. The woman has a man, not to be confused with homosexuality component, because she is anatomically structured by male sperm. And this component gives the woman the ability to communicate with and feel the emotions of the male. 
the acceptance and utilization of the whole self, man, woman, parts, in sexual relations is by definition holism. The man's cycle, hormonal and mood fluctuations, and monthly sperm cell coincide with the woman's cycle, period. And these cycles are a physically dominant part of the relationship. The man's emotional and behavioral responsibility during menstruation, pregnancy, birth, and menopause is culturally defined and taught to him during his rites of passage. The holism of the black relationship is based on concept, whole interrelationship, thinking. And in this holistic state, the woman, man, has to use every thought, action, emotion, and sexual episode as a vehicle for reaffirming Mahat. Reaffirmation of Mahat dissolves the Caucasian cultural influence on sexuality and relationships. And in a relationship, the couple must see a connection between their behavior and Ma'at, their sexuality and Ma'at, and, and see their behaviors as African Ma'at, sexual rituals and ceremonies. Otherwise, they will not see God and spiritually in their sexual intercourse without God and spirituality involving in sex. Sex becomes a feel-good behavior, lust, and sexual acrobatic eroticism. Spirituality and God involved in a black relationship makes it an African-centered one. In African cultures, an understanding of Mahat, the unseen, invisible worlds, unmanifested in moral, immortal and spiritual intelligence was the only um, criteria for a relationship. And sexual spiritual enlightenment acquired through rites of passage, education earned the individual's title of God, or goddess. The fundamental African belief was if God created man, then man would be called God, just as the offspring of the chicken are called chickens. In the Caucasian culture, a person whose behavior is according to the teachings of Jesus Christ is called a Christian. In African culture, a person's behavior that follows the God's Ma'at principles were called a God or a goddess. And this was not confused to mean Almighty God, the Creator, etc. Just like I learned through my travels within the Ishkan community going back some uh, 30 years ago, maybe 25 years ago, that uh, the example, the symbol, a cup of water from the ocean, it, it has all the same properties of the ocean, all the microbes and all the subatomic entities that you will find in the ocean is in that cup of water that, that you took from uh, the ocean, as it were. But it's not as great, not as powerful. The flame from a candle has all the properties of the sun. However, it is not as great and not as powerful as the sun, but it has the property. It is part and parcel, has the same elements. So that's what Dr. Africa is talking about here, and that in the African culture, a person's behavior that follows God's Ma'at principles were called a god or a goddess. And this, again, this was not confused to mean Almighty God, the Creator, 
So the true essential meaning of these titles of gods and goddesses found in African history has been distorted by the religious bias of the Caucasian writers. Spiritual growth and a Maatian life aimed towards achieving spiritual upliftment was the primary objective of all black women and men relationships. Individuals in relationship were regarded as spirits and treated as spirits. Spirit is the unified energy that moves intelligence and the world and should not be confused with ghosts or dead ancestors. In an African-centered relationship, each person was viewed as a sacred presence of God or creator, God or one and only God. An individual served God by serving their mate. If an argument would arise, it was resolved by one asking themselves, how is what I'm saying benefiting me? How is my mate listening to me benefiting them? them? And how is this argument benefiting God and serving my art? Who is right and who is wrong was not the standard for resolving arguments. Arguments were resolved according to how they benefited Ma'at, the culture, God, and the ancestors. And finding out who is right or wrong in an argument, or who is the victor and which person is wrong or the victim does not serve Ma'at. Being right must serve and benefit the person who is wrong and benefit the village, the ancestors, Ma'at, and God, in the Negro dialect, African speech accent, Ma'at logic is quite noticeable. There are words which have many meanings. However, Ma'at serves the right meaning. The meaning most right for the whole sentence is the time of the sentence usage in a conversational determines that the best right definition, right, is judged by correctiveness, justice, harmony, balance, reciprocity, truth, propriety, and order, ma'at. Relationships between black women and men founded on correctiveness, justice, harmony, balance, reciprocity, truth, propriety, and order, ma'at, are, for the most part, if not entirely, African-centered. The male-female relationship is a union of God that is the balance of the spirit, mind, and body. The couple is Ma'at, and the living will of God. Ma'at means the couple will not destroy their health with junk foods, because to destroy health means destroying the relationship. A relationship, water, air, love, children, plants, and culture was created by God and will always exist. People do not create relationship. People participate in something made by God called the relationship. Relationship is a sacred creation of God. So to dishonor, abuse, misuse, or morally pollute a relationship means disrespecting God. Relationship is given to African people as another way to serve God. Hmm. So when we find ourselves in a relationship with a significant other, a man who's in a relationship with his woman, a woman in a relationship with a man, 
that you, if you keep in mind that you're having a relationship which is manifesting in the aspect of respecting God's will, and another way of serving God, then one has a sense of reverence whenever you're in the company of your of your mate, of your partner. But we have been bamboozled, we've been uh, hoodwinked, as it were, as Brother Malcolm stated in his uh, book, Autobiography of Malcolm X, and in his speeches. Uh, El Hazmanik Shabazz is so much on point, so in tune, so intelligent and aware of the various ways in which we have been duped, we've been manipulated to believe that we could emulate the practices of those uh, who uh, uh, enslaved us, those of us, those who captured us and used us as servants to a degree which was subhuman, unconscionable against the laws of man, the laws of God, rather. And part of that that we even part of that culture that we've embraced has been to our own demise and. And, and the detriment to our village, to our community. And that is not seeing that uh, the person who God has given us as a gift to join us in our life's journey, that we do not see the essence of God in that person and in the relationship as a whole. And it's a hard task, but, you know, this is not a journey. This is not supposed to be a cakewalk. And I'm happy I mentioned that, uh, that I can segue into the thought that um, many of us want to have our cake and eat it too at the same time. No, uh, uh-uh. that's not that's not the way it goes. One has to work on yourself and then also work on the relationship according to the principles of mahat, according to the principles of balance. So we're going to take another break and we will return. Uh, briefly talking about women's health distortions with regard to holistic uh, man-woman relationships.
reviewing the the aspects of women's health, uh, the fact that it is surrounded by many Caucasian scientific opinions, myths, and distortions. And these distortions have an impact upon the dis-ease and destroys the health of women. The standards of health for a woman's body is based upon scientific myths and opinions. According to Dr. Africa, for example, science assumes that the moon influences menstruation. Actually, the moon is used to correlate menstruation, hemorrhaging, bleeding, and the moon does not induce or cause menstruation. Caucasian science cannot explain why fertile women do not menstruate each month or why women miss their menstruation cycle. A missed period indicates that the body has powers within itself to regulate itself and does not depend on the moon. But ironically, the moon is composed of various types of minerals, i.e. dirt, and this dirt is many miles away. If one wants to believe that the dirt called the moon has a stronger influence upon their bodies than the earth dirt under their feet, then they are using a scientific myth, not factual science. The African art and science of anatomy and physiology reveals many facts and many distortions in the Caucasian science. Caucasian science assumes that the plane, the planets, dirt, floating thousands of miles away have a stronger influence than the earth dirt under the feet. And Caucasian science has knowledge about the rotation, orbits, vortexes, galaxies, and constellations, and little knowledge of the rotation, orbits, and vortexes, vortexes and galaxies of the dirt, minerals such as calcium, magnesium, potassium, copper, zinc, lead, silver, etc., under their feet. African art and science of chemistry places dirt minerals in a general category called the mineral kingdom. And thusly, the woman's menstruation cycle does not have a defined beginning or end other than menopause. The cycle of ovulation is controlled by hormones, and menstruation is no part of the ovulation cycle. The hormonal cycle ends when the woman's body has no hormones, and this would mean death. Menstruation, ovulation, and the hormone cycle have a holistic meaning. Contemporary menstruation occurs when the uterus is deteriorating and, and hemorrhaging, losing flesh and blood. And menstruation is a period when the spirit and the nutrients from the cellular deterioration of the egg recycles in the body. While conception is part of a spirit, i.e. a child, enters through the woman, the hormonal cycle period occurs when thought cycles complete themselves and the thoughts spiral to upper levels of mental growth. And in ancient African culture, menstruation, the loss of a few drops of blood from the decayed egg, not hemorrhaging of the uterus, that was experienced. And that was viewed as a spiritually uplifting holistic occurrence. The male hormones react and respond to the female hormone cycle, menstruation and menopause. And Caucasians view the fetus movement in the womb as accidental movements. The fetus was created by God's laws 
and moves according to the laws. The laws of conception, marriage of sperm and egg produces a child. A fetus is a product of laws. The fetus movements press the acupuncture meridians of the placenta and the uterus. And the unborn child's kick stimulates the organ called sections of the uterus and abdomen. It is something like an experience of acupressure, as it were, within the chakras of the bodies. And thusly, the abdomen and the uterus is divided into a circular section composed of the upper region, heart, small intestines, lower region, kidney, bladder, right region, lungs, large intestines, left region, liver, gall, gallbladder, gallbladder rather, and the center region being the stomach and the spline. The spleen. The child stimulates these regions and influences the nutrients that the mother's blood feeds the placenta, and this determines the nutritional menu, a menu of the unborn child. It is generally noticed that during pregnancy, women appear more physically healthy. The pregnant woman is cleansing her body in order to produce good quality nourishment for the fetus. And the baby's cells and body are basically pure. The mother's cells become pure in order to maintain the health of the unborn child. This prevents her body from rejecting the child. And postnatal depression may occur as well as the newborn's baby rejection of the breast milk. Both activities are related to the placenta. The newborn baby and the placenta are one. The placenta helps to convert the nutrients and the oxygen of the mother to the baby's biochemistry, and the placenta belongs to and is attached to the baby. And the baby communicates biochemically and electromagnetically with the placenta. And at the birth, the placenta supplies the baby with oxygen, nutrients, and the hormone it uses to trigger breathing. The placenta stores the oxygen the baby needs to make the transition from breathing through the mother to breathing on its own. When the ubiquitous cord is cut before it stops pulsating, supplying blood and nutrients, it cannot receive messages, biochemical or electromagnetic, from the baby to eject itself. The cutting of the pulsating cord causes the blood and the nutrients of the baby to stay in the placenta and become toxins. The mother's hormones trigger the destruction of the toxic placenta instead of her hormones triggering the rejection of the placenta out of the uterus. And the rejection of the placenta hormones gets confused with rejection, rejection of the baby and causes postnatal depression. And he goes on to talk, talk about this. I'm not going to go more in depth with this, but uh, there's something to say about postnatal depression uh, when the woman gives birth to a baby as well as the baby's rejection of the mother causes problems. And thus the baby finds that the mother's milk is difficult to digest, rejects the milk, and the baby subconsciously confuses breast rejection with mother's rejection. And thus the pregnant mothers that are given antibiotics and drugs that destroy the bacteria flora needed for the baby to digest the milk, and the baby rejects the breast milk that it cannot digest. And in this situation, rub vegetarian bifidus, acyprophilus, 
on the breast nibble so that the baby can get the bacteria flora needed to digest breast milk does not happen. So you have the uh, phenomenon of vaccination, medical drugs, synthetic chemicals given to the mother and or to the baby can cause the rejection of breast milk and hormonal changes causes postpartum depression. So we have here, if we can just fast forward a little bit, that by eating, having an improper diet, eating fast foods, can this cause this myriad of, of a dynamo, dynamo effect of the newborn baby not being able to be uh, given breast milk, being fed the most uh, potent type of food that it can consume upon birth, and as it's growing in its beginning stages of growth as a baby, this is altered drastically because the mother is not in this state of health. Not just in the food, but many of us know that uh, mothers, uh, that women uh, are ingesting beverages, whether it be alcohol-based and smoking marijuana. Uh, if not that, they're engaging in a relationship that is not tranquil, that is not uh, sublime, and meditative in terms of the environment, loud music, arguing, people shouting at one another, and, it, and the, then those who have other children, you know, not really having children that behave in a healthy fashion. So they're in a state of, of, of stress and turmoil. And of course, this has an effect on the relationship between the man and the woman, the husband and, and, and wife mother and father. So let's just go on. This is interesting here. In terms of the Caucasian, um, the Caucasian facial features and the limp hair is a standard of beauty for black women. And beauty for black females is based upon spirituality and ma'at behavior. Today, Women's beauty is based upon muscular development, breast size, the curvature of the hips, Caucasian facial features, painting colors on the lips and the face, and the mutilation of flesh with earrings, nose rings, vaginal lip rings. Caucasians use makeup to add color to their pale pink skin, and black women's skin has color already. In African culture, makeup was spiritual and cultural meanings. It was not used to make colored women colored. Another type of distortion is the wearing of high heels. High heels and pointed toes on the shoes of Caucasians was created as symbols of the penis. Ancient Greek homosexual men used them for masturbation. And wearing high heels caused the spinal column to become mislined, forces body weight upon the uterus, shifts weight to the toes, tilts the body against gravity, and is dis-ease inducing. Misalignment can result in back pain, dis-ease, the circulation of the uterus, cause pelvic tilt, poor posture, and nervous system distortion. High heels increase the height of the female by sacrificing the anatomical balance of the body. And this off-balance and poor posture is misinterpreted as beauty. 
the iron deficiency anemia of female blood content is another distortion. This junk food research conclusion was based upon an iron deficiency found in less than 30% of those women used in the survey. The deficiency can indicate that the kidneys are weakened and unable to recycle and concentrate minerals. The anemia justifies the prescribing of high levels of synthetic toxic iron for women, and this distortion has caused women to have biochemical imbalances. The woman's orgasm has been vastly distorted, and proper sexual stimulation of the clitoris can be achieved by adequate pelvic-to-pelvic pressure exertion, which can result in a woman's having an, an arisal climax, and the pressure has to be applied to pelvic-to-pelvic and up-and-down sliding and so forth. And men and women have to be conscious of God's presence during sex and know that their spirituality and understand how sex serves my heart. Otherwise, sex is reduced to a sensual erotic activity and a breathing, a breeding activity of the Caucasian socially engineered slaves. So I'm going to um, take a short break. We will continue on the next show in this very interesting and informative portion in terms of the holistic aspect of men and women from an African perspective. Please stay tuned. And I um, 
want to thank you so much for tuning in. As always, we end the show by giving homage to the One Most High, to our ancestors, to my beloved wife, and to my mother, my children, God children, my siblings. I give thanks and I'm appreciative to all of you who tune in to the show on a regular basis and those of you who every now and then find time to give us a visit. It's much appreciated. I just ask that you spread the word. And of course, we will continue again tomorrow evening at 9 o'clock to continue from where we left off this very important and exciting information regarding the holistic relationship between men and women of African descent. So I, I wish you peace, love, and abundance. Namaste, shalom, assalamu alaikum, all my relations, het and have a blessed and joyful evening. And we look forward to speaking with you again and having the show share with you information about African holistic health.